0: Welcome to the WOW, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and today we'll be talking to the delightful Lulu Kempton, a qualified naturopath and nutritionist, about how we can balance our nutrition and get the most out of the food we are putting on our plate. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you could please subscribe, leave a review or share it with your friends. And if you haven't already, come join us on Instagram at underscore the wow project underscore. Hello, Lulu. Welcome to the wow. I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. To start off, I was just wondering if you could share a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. I am originally from Warrnambool, grew up in Warrnambool and then have spent like my working and studying life in Melbourne. In between that kind of time, I've been traveling and baking and I'm a big foodie. So eating out with any friends and stuff. Also love to eat outside. So anything by the beach whenever I can get to a beach, that's sort of where I'll head to or any walks outside and in nature is always a good option for me.
0: Yeah. I suppose it's um, not really a great time to be out eating food because of coronavirus. You're based in Victoria. I'm glad you're not in Melbourne, so you're not in lockdown. Is there something that living in a pandemic has taught you about yourself? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I think... As everyone's had
1: a lot of time to sort of think and reflect, I have definitely focused a lot on sort of where I find my happiness from. A lot of people have had certain areas of their life affected and for me it has been my work and that is also where a lot of people receive their kind of validation from, I suppose. And so I've really tried to focus on sort of where do I get those areas of happiness from and can I centralize it so I can get my happiness from within without the external factors as much as that I would have relied during regular times before COVID.
0: Interesting. So I know you're living with your family at the moment. Are you finding that you're learning to get happiness from being surrounded by your loved ones right now or spending time with friends back in warnable or where are you substituting that from?
1: It's interesting because usually when I'm up in Melbourne, I... And I like to have my alone time. And when I'm living with five other people during this COVID time, so that is very minimal. Um, but I'm finding then when I do have the small patches of alone time that that's all I want is to be around people. But I think it's really just, you know, I've spent time sort of, exercise is a huge one for me. So exercising outside, I think heaps of us have experienced gyms shutting and things that exercising outside has just is just a great way to reconnect and ground yourself that's definitely been had a really big positive effect on my time during COVID Um, and also just going back to basics switching a bit away from technology and going back to books and journaling I've gotten back into which is something I used to do but you know in these busy kind of times you do forget about those small things and that's another thing baking for me was something I do when I have the time. But in times before COVID, we're all kind of running off our feet and we don't have the time to do the things that we enjoy most a lot of the time.
0: I'm curious to know, because you're obviously now a qualified naturopath and nutritionist, but is there something that you had when you were young that you set your eyes on to be? What did you want to be when you were little, when you grew up?
1: Yeah. So it's funny because I being back in my family home, I've done a lot of cleaning out of old clothes and um primary school books and things like that, and i've I came across a handwritten letter that I must have done in primary school. And it sort of said, "Hi, my name's Lucinda, my friends call me Lulu. Um and when I grow up, I want to be a doctor because doctors help people when they're sick, and I like helping people. So it's funny, I wouldn't ever say now. That I didn't think that I wanted to be a doctor, but it was funny seeing that written down that I did always have it in me to want to be helping people or being surrounded in a workplace with other people and helping them have a better life.
0: Do you think like part of wanting to become a doctor helped you on your journey into actually becoming a fully qualified naturopath and nutritionist? Like what made you decide to take that pathway?
1: So yeah, potentially, I mean, it's never, I've never been sort of focused on being a doctor, but it was interesting to seeing that um, pop up again. But um, I think, so for me, I like going through school, I didn't really know what path I wanted to go down. And I also was so unaware of the natural medicine side of the world of life. I started off doing an arts degree and got about a year and a half into that. And it was not until I was given a book, it was Make Peace With Your Plate by Jess, Jessica Ainscough. She was diagnosed with an incurable cancer and she kind of talked about her journey through a holistic point of view and not only changing her diet but um, her lifestyle and everyday, um, the everyday busyness and stress of her life that she was able to manage her disease state that she was in And while she didn't end up surviving, she did pass away, she was able to live a much more fulfilled life through seeking these alternative health options. So it was probably through reading that and then, you know, bit by bit you sort of, it leads you to another thing that you want to research about or find out more information or read books or movies and once you kind of, it's opening a can of worms. There's just so much to know in the area of holistic health.
0: Well, that's probably a really good segue into our first question about understanding nutrition. So, what does a nutritious diet look like?
1: So, a nutritious diet to me is a whole food, sort of plant-based diet, and that is individualized for every person. I'm not saying, um, you know, you have to eat sort of a strict vegan diet or vegetarian diet at all, but I think if you're getting The majority of your foods from those whole food sources, you're going to be getting a nutritious intake of minerals and vitamins. And then it's really up to you what sort of other, you know, if it's dairy or meat that you do include into your diet. But I think if you're eating lots of different foods from different groups throughout your diet, you know, a lot of diversity in the food and various color groups, you're going to be getting an abundance of nutrients that will serve your body well.
0: So what are some of the key nutrients that we need to consume every day?
1: So, I mean, I guess from a holistic point of view, it really is individualized in terms of what you are falling short on potentially because of, you know, maybe your current diet or if you're an elite athlete, you're going to be needing a higher amount of, minerals or nutrients depending on sort of uh, what you do externally in your life or if you are in a disease state of having any conditions that you need to work on it's so cliche but it's all about balance because if you fall short in any vitamin or mineral you your body will show you that and yeah you need to be getting all like eating such a diverse range of foods where you can get each food group into be getting the most nourishing foods keep your body running at, at its optimal level. There are certain nutrients as well that your body stores for longer, so vitamins such as vitamin D or the fat soluble vitamins, so A, D, E and K, where you don't need to be eating necessarily every day because your body holds onto it, but it's you wouldn't go out on purpose to avoid those foods. It's just your body holds onto them for a longer time than water-soluble vitamins.
0: So what you were saying about being able to achieve like I guess peak health with your body, what would you say are the key nutrient groups that we need to be consuming? Like obviously protein and fiber are probably the most well-known ones, but are there more that we should be considering in our diet like every day when we go to eat foods?
1: So I look at it from pretty well, I like to think a simple point of view, but every main meal that you're having, you need to be having a fat source, a protein source and a carbohydrate source. So if you can include all three of those food groups in each meal with also adding, like trying to get as many colors on the plate as possible, it's going to ensure that you are getting some of those key vitamins such as magnesium, zinc, can you vitamins and iron that a lot of us, especially women do fall short in.
0: So can you talk about what like a source of fats looks like? Because I guess the word fats people associate negatively with like, does that mean I can eat a cheeseburger and French fries and that makes up my portion of fats? Or are you, I'm assuming you're going to be talking about the healthy fats, but what do those foods look like?
1: Sure. Yeah. So first of all, on portion for fats, a good way to look at it is everyone's got different hand sizes, but and that's relative to your body. But if you can put three of your fingers together, that's sort of the amount of what we call good fats or healthy fats on your plate. These fat sources can be uh, from nuts and seeds, um, a lot of oils. So staying away from your vegetable oils and things, but cold-pressed virgin olive oil, hemp seed oil, avocado oil. You've just got to be careful about how you cook with them or if they can be heated or not, but a lot of those oils are a great and easy way of getting in fats to your diet.
0: By fats, are you talking about like your omegas? Yeah, predominantly. As well as oils, I guess that could include fish?
1: Definitely. Fish, yeah, is a great source of... Omega 3, 6, and 9. So, fish is the main sort of meat source that you'll be getting them from. Otherwise, if you're eating relatively good consumption of nuts and seeds and things like avocado or those cold press oils, you will be getting those omegas that are just going to benefit your body no matter what. You really can't eat enough of them. And for women, especially for hormone production and balancing your hormones. They're just such a crucial part of a woman's diet or a man's diet, yeah.
0: And what about protein? What kind of protein should we be looking for?
1: Yeah, so most people out of all those kind of macronutrient groups are familiar with protein. I recommend a palm size amount of protein on each um, main meal that you're having and those sources are going to be a meat dominant so your chicken fish and red meat you can also get it from a lot of the beans and legumes tofu or tempeh as well a really good source of the protein
0: awesome and again with your carbohydrates are we talking about your sweet potatoes and potatoes here or can you give us some other examples of carbs with carbohydrates there is two sort of groups that you you will be focusing
1: on there's your simple carbohydrates and your complex carbohydrates your simple carbohydrates are the white breads the fried food soft drink any of those things that everyone knows that they're not good for us but we enjoy the taste of them and your complex carbohydrates are exactly what you said the starchy vegetables so sweet potato pumpkin your whole grains are all really great sources of carbohydrates to be having with each meal
0: okay so you're saying that there's two different groups of carbohydrates like one's more healthier than the other with the complex carbohydrates that you're talking about so your grains and potatoes there uh, why are they important to consume in our diet and why do we need these types of carbs
1: so these the complex carbohydrates are Often the high nutritional value. It's also the way that the body breaks down these carbohydrates, is it's a slower breakdown process. So you're getting a sustained energy release from these complex carbohydrates in comparison to the simple carbohydrates, which are metabolized quite quickly, and often the sources that they come from they cause a blood sugar spike. So if you're eating a lot of these foods. Uh, you will often have uh, the 3 p.m. slump is probably the most common site that we see or you will have an energy lift after eating these foods but it will come crashing down. It's not a sustained energy and that's why it's really important to focus on the complex carbohydrates over the simple carbohydrates.
0: Okay. But I guess, I mean, I want to know, is it okay to have uh, some simple Carbohydrates, for example, a burger for dinner or some takeaway for dinner once or twice a night a week. Like, is that going to really affect my diet if I'm, I guess, indulging here and there with my simple carbohydrates? Uh, Definitely not.
1: It's not going to affect your overall health and diet if you're having them, um, you know, a couple times the week. I just think if you can focus on the complex carbohydrates overall, I like to follow sort of the 80-20 diet, you know. We're only human and we're going to eat those foods that are are often filled with like sugar or uh, simple carbohydrates because they taste good but the moderation, having them in moderation and having that balance of where where you are getting your carbohydrates and just being aware of them as well. You know, you mentioned burgers but you can have a burger that's not just like a white bun in a high what we call bad fat burger burger um, patty you know you can go for the healthier options with a whole grain bun or even um, you know without the bun and have a stack more of vegetables with it you can still have those options but it's just adjusting them to get the most nutrition in that you can but of course everyone enjoys a treat. I enjoy treat myself. for only humans. So if it's every now and then, then go ahead.
0: (laughs) Awesome. I like the sound of that. So I'm also curious to know, what are some of the most common nutrients that we are lacking and what are some foods that we should be trying to get more on our plate?
1: So I think certain nutrients that we are lacking or or that I see um, a lot is I guess iron deficient would, deficiency is probably the most common and that's because it can fall quite rapidly and you do see the effects of it, which then in turn affects how, how you go about your everyday life with energy and lethargy being number one signs and symptoms of an iron depletion. Um, but other vitamins such as magnesium, zinc and your B vitamins are all really common as well. And... A lot of those vitamins mentioned are ones that you do get from your dark green leafy vegetables. Uh, It's quite easy to sort of have them on a regular basis but a lot of us just naturally won't include them because either they don't like the taste or they don't know how to cook them so they are enjoyable. Those vitamins as well in women are particularly we can fall short on because of external factors such as the contraception pill depletes us of those, or um yeah, it can just be simple simply as nutrition where we're
0: not getting enough of the right foods in. I agree. I I always I mean I've been iron deficient myself and I know so many friends who have been through the same thing. What is an example of a really high iron nutrient dense food source that like we can go to? Is it like what you were saying is spinach really? packed with iron or is there any others we can eat it will depend on
1: sort of with iron it's always best to get that one checked by a health professional because you don't want to be heading into supplementation if you don't need to be it can be dangerous but you're going for iron your main source would be red meat a lot of us can't digest red meat or choose not to eat red meat and therefore it's not just spinach, but you know, you want to be getting it from your kale, your bok choy, having a range of those dark green leafy vegetables are sort of where they are found the most in. You do have to eat more plant-based. If it is plant-based sources you're getting them from, you do have to eat them more in abundance than if you are eating a piece of steak every night, for example. But it just really depends on sort of where you are getting those nutrients from. And also for a for a female, what time of the month you're going through, you know, if you're menstruating, then it's just natural for your bodies to fall lower in iron during those periods. So it is important to up your dose of iron through your diet during those times of the month.
0: Okay. And how does our nutrition impact our health? Like if we are lacking in certain things, is it quite visible to tell when you're lacking in, in certain nutrients? Yes and no.
1: A lot of the time your body will show you if you are falling short in certain areas of nutrition with certain symptoms. Uh, it could be it could be early on with gentle-like symptoms such as low energy levels or weak nails, hair falling out, hair thinness, things like that. And it's important to really recognize those signs so it's not getting into a disease state where you're going to have to receive treatment for a longer time. But you are right, it can be difficult to sort of identify if you are lacking in any nutrients. I think the most important thing is to really focus on eating, like what I said before, a variation of different foods and getting your food sources from different places to make sure you are covering all the right nutrients.
0: How can I make sure that I'm getting all the nutrients that I need and that my body's okay and that I'm feeding myself what I need to to be able to let my body flourish and work as productively as possible? Is that where you seek out a nutritionist or... Is there a test that I can do to make sure that I'm in tip-top shape? Like what, what can we do to seek advice around if we're doing the right thing?
1: I think seeing a health professional is definitely a good idea if you have no understanding of what is good for you and what's not good for you. But before you do that step, or even if you're not ready to make that step for yourself, there is a lot of options that you can do, such as, Do your own research. You know, we everyone has to eat every single day, but half of us don't know actually what we're putting into our body. You know, if that's picking up a health-focused book to read, um, just to get gauge your interest in what you actually are feeding your body. But I think it's just really playing around in the kitchen as well to make those foods that, you know, we're often forced to eat as kids, that they can be delicious and they can be made in a way that you will enjoy eating on a day-to-day basis and you will choose those options over
0: fast food option. Interesting. So we're now going to move on to some questions uh, from our Instagram community. Maddie is interested to know if detox diets and juice cleansers work if you want to just start fresh and start your body from scratch, I guess, get back to basics and build up a nutritious profile in your body, is this a good way to start? I
1: definitely think they can be a great way of sort of getting your mind focused on that sort of reset um, that you were talking about and getting us motivated as well to sort of feel the effects of eating what a a lot of people would call sort of like a clean diet. They're definitely not sustainable to do for a long time, but I think, yeah, if people want to have that sort of motivation and kickstart, then they're a great option to do. Focusing on why or what you want out of doing a juice cleanse or a detox is a really good place to start because if you're wanting to lose 10 kilos and do a five day juice fast, then that's probably not the best option for you because you might lose a little bit of weight at the start, but you will also put that weight back on. And it's not training, uh, you're not training yourself or your body to be fueled or to live sustainably on a
0: healthy diet. So, what if you're doing a detox and you accidentally are a bit naughty and eat a muffin? you know, during your five day detox, is this going to really upset all the hard work that you've put into it or is it going to be okay?
1: No, I definitely think it's okay. You know, um, as I said before, we're only human and these sweet treats can be very tempting. I don't think you should just throw the towel in and devour everything in the lolly and chocolate on the supermarket. I think just realizing that, you know, you've eaten the sweet treat that you've eaten, and then recognizing that, go and have a big glass of water and start again. It's really not just you eat one bad thing and you you're, all your hard work has been ruined.
0: Okay, good to know. So Mitch is curious to know, how do you know if the food you are eating is the right food for you?
1: Yeah, good question. I think that once you eat something, recognizing how you feel after eating that is a really good way to register whether you feel good or whether you feel bloated, whether you feel constipated after it. That's a really good simple sign of knowing whether that food is right for you or not. If you're sticking to any vegetables, fruits, those foods can really do no do no wrong unless, you know, you've been guided otherwise or have any allergies or things like that. Any foods that are grown in the grown in the ground will be good for you they're going to be they they will provide you with nutrition you know an important tool that I use is if you are shopping at the supermarket stick to the outer parts of the supermarket and also even if you are getting things from the other aisles it's good to always turn over whatever you're buying and read the ingredients list you know a lot of products are marketed as Healthy, healthy food options. But once you turn them over, they will. The first ingredient will be sugar or um, additives and fillers. So the ingredients on the back are listed in order of the amount in there. So if sugar is the number one ingredient, ninety percent of the the makeup of the product is going to be sugar. So that is a really easy tool that you can do to make sure. That what you're you, you can understand those ingredients, listen, it's just not a whole bunch of numbers and letters that you don't know what's in even in the food.
0: Amelia is curious to know that when you're maintaining your gut health and immune function, should we be looking at taking pre and probiotics? And if so, which ones would you recommend? Definitely.
1: So, the microbiome plays such an important part of so many different functions of your body. Um,
0: Sorry to interrupt you, but could you explain what the microbiome is? Because I've heard it sounds like such a buzzword, but I actually have no clue what the hell that is.
1: Yeah, so everyone's heard of the term gut health and within your gut health or your gut Mm -hmm. is a makeup of microbes. So that's the living bacteria within your gut. And that can be good or bad bacteria. You ideally want it predominantly good bacteria, but it's inevitable that you will have some bad bacteria in there as well. And these, these microbes affect how your digestion is, how neurotransmitters are produced in your body. It really does impact all areas of your overall health. So including probiotics and prebiotics in your diet, will do you the world of good. I mean, those sorts of foods are a lot of fermented foods, so um, sauerkraut, tempeh, prebiotics biotics will be your onions, garlic, artichoke, things like that. And these pre- and probiotics help to make the good bacteria flourish and build up a defence system against um, invading pathogens or bad bacteria that you have or things that you might come into contact with in the outside world such as like the cold and flu bugs out there
0: and so would you recommend trying to increase your pre and probiotic uptake by looking at food sources first or going down the track of supplementing them because I know you can buy them as supplements is one better than the other
1: It does depend on the individual and whether or not you do require the supplementation. For a lot of people, if they've gone to the stage of seeing a health practitioner, often they will require probiotics. I think probiotics are one of the most marketed kind of supplements out there and there are so many different types that you can get.
0: Okay, cool. And Evie wants to know, what's better when you're choosing an item and one says it's high in fat and one says it's high in sugar, which should you go for?
1: <laughs> Depends what you're buying. <laughs> Once again, I'd sort of use the tool of reading the ingredients in there. Sugar, in my eyes, is the devil. <laughs> so I would always sort of choose a fat source over that. But, yeah, it really just does depend on the individual product that you are buying. And, you know, if it's a source of coconut fat or it's filled with nuts and seeds in it or coconut oil or avocado oil, I would definitely, you know, those. Healthy fats. Yeah, exactly. They're healthy
0: fats. So, um,
1: yeah, I would definitely
0: probably go for that one, I suppose. So I'm curious to know why do you think sugar is the devil?
1: it just provides the body with nothing it's so inflammatory and it's doesn't have any nutrition in it um and it's often just such a contributing factor to so many disease states and it's so out there in abundance that we all want it it's it's you know in tomato sauce and things like that so it sends signals to our brain that wants more and more and more of it. So I think if we were able to measure how much sugar we were having in our everyday lives, we would each, we
0: would all be shocked. Mm. So is unnatural sugars okay? Like honey and maple syrup or are they just as bad?
1: So they are definitely better options than your sort of general table sugar. I mean, in a lot of baking that I do, I will opt for a maple um, maple syrup or honey option. Once again, it sort of depends because you're getting, if it is just straight maple syrup, that's going to be better for you than a maple syrup that's got additives and other other sugars in there that are labelled as something else. So if you're looking on the back of a product and it has O-S-E, so cellulose or whatever, that is a sugar. It's just a different name for it. But at the end of the day, sugar is a sugar.
0: Okay. And Morgan is curious to know what foods are bad for your skin and what foods help clear your skin? Sugar
1: is definitely one of the main ones (laughs) for skin um, that I would say to avoid. Dairy is another food group that I would avoid with skin as it has sort of like the opposite effect of your collagen production and your sebum production. So those foods are pro-inflammatory and they can have an effect negatively on how your skin heals from those acne scars, or even if it's not scarring, it could just be the eruption of the pimple or how it is presenting for you. Foods that I would definitely try to include more are those omega foods that we were talking about earlier. So your healthy fats, fat sources, especially from fish and your plant-based options such as um, nuts and seeds. And the other nutrient is zinc. I would definitely recommend any zinc sources. So oysters are really high in zinc, pumpkin seeds, Um, In a lot of nuts and seeds, you'll find zinc. But just for the healing of the skin and that preventative barrier on your skin, yeah, your zinc and omegas would be the go-to for your skin for sure.
0: Cool. And Karina is the lucky last person with her question. She wants to know, are there any foods that help ease period pain? So with
1: period pain
0: you sort of want to from a holistic perspective
1: you want to be looking at why you are getting the period pain in the first place often if you are getting these really strong pms sort of symptoms it's likely that there's a hormonal imbalance of some sort that is then you know you're getting a lot of the cramping and the bloating breast tenderness and things like that food wise leading up to your period Um, I would avoid foods such as, you know, alcohol, caffeine, sugars, refined fats and carbohydrates that are going to contribute to the stagnant blood flow around when your period arrives um, or the muscle tightening as well. And potentially a magnesium supplement could be taken when you do have your period to ease your, the muscle tension and to decrease those sort of pains and spasms that you are getting when your period is arriving or during menstruation.
0: There's like the old wives' tale. So I'm curious about this. There's the old wives' tale. I don't know. I think it must have been in high school the The nurse would always say when we had cramps, eat a banana because of the potassium. is. Does that, I mean, and I always thought that that would also apply to period pain. Have I just been eating bananas for no reason, or is is that a like solid ground for like evidence there? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not
1: the first sort of food group that I would reach for um, with <laughs> no. I think it is a bit of a old lifestyle, but at the same time, you know, bananas are a nutritious, rich food, so why not have a banana? But um, during those times, you know, your body really wants to, you've got to support the blood flow and the blood circulation. So any warming foods um, will be beneficial for you. So any soups or, you know, bone broth and things like that can be really good during the time that you do have your period instead of what you might have such as like a smoothie or something that interrupts that blood flow and circulation when you do, when you are menstruating.
0: Okay. I might, I might try the bone broth over the banana (laughs) next time. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. So this comes to the final part of um, the podcast where we're going to talk about some recommendations that you can give us. So firstly, I'm wondering, can you give some examples of easy nutrient packed meals that we could make ourselves at home?
1: Sure. So the easiest ones that I sort of tend to go with, um, are soups and smoothies. They're probably the most, the simplest meals that you can really jam pack with a lot of different nutrients and a lot of different food groups plus a fulfilling at the same time. Other options, depending on your dietary requirements, might be something like quiches where you can put in a lot of vegetables and you're also getting your egg proteins in there as well. What I like to do is prep certain foods so they're easy to grab and put all together on the plate without having to do much cooking. So, for example, I might cook up a batch of quinoa at the start of the week and put that in one container and then a batch of vegetables in one container and so then you're only left to cook up a protein sauce or add in a fat source. so it makes things – a lot easier. I'm not one for sort of meal prepping the whole meal because I like to eat my food as fresh as possible. But I have found if you're looking at you know time saving and wanting to eat more of a um, nutritious diet, then that's a really good way to go about it.
0: Cool. And Lulu's actually going to share one of these recipes with us, so you can go over to our Instagram page um, for that recipe. Um, so also can you recommend some good nutrient pack on packed on the go snacks, particularly certain brands or products that you like to purchase from like, you know, the supermarket easy, easy to go products that we don't have to think like long and hard about.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, most supermarkets have a lot of these sort of grab on the go, uh, snacks that You don't even have to think about even also ready packed meals. A lot of the frozen ones that they are, they do have in just Coles or Woolies, like have great ingredients. So it is sort of worth spending a bit of time at the supermarket just to find those options so that when you are in a rush, you can just pick up and you know, pick them up and you know, you are getting a a nice, healthy, fulfilling, um, nutritious meal. I'm a big fan of those sort of date peanut butter balls that you get from the supermarket. I think they're the brands Tom and Luke's or something, but they're always a good, nice... Tom and what, sorry? I think it's Tom and Luke's date balls. They sort of come in a, like a their peanut butter flavor and and there's a caramel one that are great to have on the go. Other brands that I eat a lot of is the Neutral Organics brand. They have um, kind of like snack bars, but they are also a ingredients company as well. And they really stick to kind of like those simple plain ingredients that you know you're not getting any kind of funny funny stuff in them. I think, though, you do have to get those from a health food store. Most suburbs, though, will have a health food store. If it's not yours, it'll be the one next to it. So I do think it is worth spending a bit of time to source those shops out. The shops that I've um, had a bit of work with, they really do spend a bit of time sort of sourcing those companies that do put in really good quality ingredients and so all the hard work sort of done for you. But as I said before, reading the ingredients of each product is just an invaluable tool because, yeah, as I said before, the marketing on many products is not actually, doesn't live up to what's put into the product.
0: So in the, for example, if you don't have access to a local health food store and you do just have Coles or Woolies as your option and they have those health food aisles, are all the products that are in the health food aisles basically a pretty good, I guess, option or are some of them a lot of marketing and less substance when it comes to nutrition?
1: Yeah, I would say, oh, it's probably about half and half with the marketing versus the quality or the of ingredients. You know, the health food aisle is often there for people with certain dietary requirements. So, um, gluten-free or dairy-free options. I think it's a really good place to start. Um, because there is a lot of good options there but you know from your standard supermarket you can also get a lot of uh, what are, you know healthy sort of products from other aisles as well it just does take a little bit of time to sort of figure out what those foods are depending on what you're wanting to buy or eat
0: Could you share with us some good Instagram accounts or other resources that we could check out to learn a little bit more about balancing our nutrition?
1: Yeah, sure. So with Instagram, the one thing I'd probably just recommend is make sure if you're you're taking on board their advice that they're giving, then make sure... It's a qualified practitioner. I know there's a lot of sort of influencers out there who are very passionate about health and may share sort of health tips and things, but they're not qualified and therefore just don't have the training on why certain food groups are good or bad for you. Some really good pages that I follow that just share like a lot of sort of that holistic you know, nutrition um, on their pages would probably be Lonnie Jane. She shares a lot of really great recipes and on the go kind of food snack options. Naturally Hurry is another really good one. And I think both of these people that've got ebooks or books out um that you can grab as well that have a lot of great recipes in them.
0: So, we might link those accounts in the show notes so that you guys can go check them out if you want to. But, Lulu, how can we follow you? <laughs> so, I'm
1: on Instagram under she is the naturopath. So, that's probably a good place to start. Otherwise, I have an email on there as well that you can get in contact with me if you have any questions or um, any feedback you want to give me.
0: I'll also put Lulu's Instagram handle in the show notes so that you guys can all go check her out. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today, Lulu. It's been such a pleasure and so exciting that you were our very first guest on the show. What an honour. So, yes, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be releasing new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe and tune in next week. Otherwise, for more updates, come follow us on Instagram at underscore the wow project underscore. Lastly, a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your own personal situation, health or well-being. You should consider whether the advice is suitable for you and your personal circumstances. And where appropriate, please consult a health practitioner first.